The emphasis of this podcast is to talk about diffusion and osmosis and how it relates to living cells. Because of their thermal motion, molecules tend to diffuse from an area of higher concentration to an area of lower concentration. Um, this is called the concentration gradient. Now, this could be something as simple as perfume that you would open in a room, and as it goes from the higher concentration in the perfume bottle to a lower concentration in the surrounding air, it would tend to spread out throughout the room. It will continue to spread out until it becomes equally distributed throughout the room. Now, when we're talking about water going across the membrane, there's a special name we have for that, and that's called osmosis. It's simply the diffusion of water across the membrane. And once again, it goes from an area of higher concentration to an area of lower concentration of water. For many substances, it doesn't take any net input of energy to get them across the membrane. They'll just diffuse across passively. Things like water, um, carbon dioxide, oxygen, small molecules like that. So let's take a living cell and examine what happens to it when we put it into different kinds of solutions. Now, there are two things you need to keep in mind. There are solutes and solvents. In the case of the cell, obviously the solvent is water. And then the solutes are all the things dissolved in that water. The cell itself has a semi-permeable membrane, meaning that some things can go through it, such as water, and other things cannot go through it very well, things like big molecules, glucose, um, big proteins, and things like that. Those actually require other types of proteins to get them through that membrane um, in the form of a channel or in some kind of active transport. We'll talk about that later. If we were to put a cell into different kinds of solutions, water may go into or out of the cell depending on how concentrated those solutions are. Now, any time that we talk about hypertonic, hypotonic, or isotonic solutions, it's always relative to some other solution. So, for example, if I said I put a cell into a hypertonic solution, that means that I put the cell into a solution that contained more solutes dissolved in the water of the solution than there were solutes dissolved in the water of the cell. So hyper means that there is more solutes dissolved in a particular solution compared to another one. On the other hand, hypotonic means there is less solutes dissolved in a particular solution than another one. So if I put a cell into a hypotonic solution, that means that there is less solutes dissolved in the solution around the cell than there are solutes inside of the cell. So remember, hypertonic, hypertonic. there's more solutes dissolved in the solution. Just like if you're hyperactive, hyperactive. you're extra active. On the other hand, if a cell is in a hypotonic solution, hypotonic. that means that there are less solutes dissolved in the solution surrounding the cell than there are solutes dissolved inside of the cell itself. Hypo means below. For example, if you're hypothermic, hypothermia, your body temperature is below what it should be. So what happens to living cells when you put them into these different kinds of environments? Well, let's start with a hypertonic solution. In that case, if I place the cell in a hypertonic solution, water will diffuse out of the cell and into their surrounding solution. That's because there's less water available in the surrounding solution. Therefore, it will go from the cell out of the cell. If it's an animal cell, cell it's going to shrivel up. Now if we have a hypotonic solution, on the other hand, 
water is going to go from outside of the cell into the cell. That's because there's more water outside than inside of the cell, so therefore it will swell up if it's an animal cell. And if it's a um, solution that is uh, distilled water, for example, that cell might swell up so much that it'll wind up bursting open. That's called cytolysis, or the lysing of a cell. Now, if you put a cell into an isotonic solution, iso means the same, that means that it's the same amount of solutes on the inside and outside of the cell. Therefore, there will be no net movement of water into or out of the cell. Now, even though there's no net movement of water, the water molecules themselves are still passing across the cell membrane. It's just that for every water molecule that goes into the cell, there's a water molecule that's going to be going out of the cell. Hence, there's no net movement. Now, if we only had to deal with animal cells, it'd be easy to determine whether or not water was going into or out of a cell. We would just have to look to see, you know, what is the concentration of solutes inside versus outside of the cell, and we could easily determine that. That's the, the reason for that is that the animal cell can actually expand um, with increased water going into it or contract if there's water going out of it. However, plant cells are a little bit different. They have a cell wall. So as the plant cell swells, the cell wall pushes against that swelling and increases the pressure. As the pressure slowly increases, the amount of water that is capable of going into the cell actually decreases. So with a plant cell, we actually have to factor in pressure as well as the concentration of the solution that it's in. That's why we come up with this thing called water potential. Water potential is a numeric way to determine whether or not water will go into or out of a cell. It is actually a combination of the osmotic potential, or sometimes called the solute potential, of the solution, as well as the pressure potential, meaning you add up the amount of solute potential, you add up the amount of pressure potential, and that comes up with a total water potential. It's a way to calculate those things, in a, especially using plant cells, because we do have to factor pressure into it as well. Just like in diffusion and osmosis, when substances travel from a higher to lower concentration down the concentration gradient, it's very similar with water potential. They go from a higher water potential to a lower water potential. And since pure distilled water has a water potential of zero, as you're going to learn in the lab, then if anything has anything dissolved in the solution, it's going to be less than zero. So it's going to be a negative number. Plant cells that are put into a hypotonic solution, meaning that there is less stuff dissolved in the water surrounding the plant cell, they would actually swell with water. And in that case, we would say that they are turgid, or sometimes we say they have a high turgor pressure. If they are put into a hypertonic solution, then the liquid, the water inside of the plant cell, diffuses out of the cell, and they become flaccid, or just limp. That's what causes plants to wilt. That's why we put water on plants uh, in the grocery store, in the vegetable aisle. We sprinkle lettuce with water, and it absorbs that water and becomes more turgid. If you put that plant cell in an extremely hypertonic solution, the cell actually shrivels and its plasma membrane actually pulls away from the cell wall. Um, this is called plasmolysis, and it's uh, usually lethal to the plant cell. Um, it won't be able to recover from that.